0: So, we are back and joining me on the uh, on the official Talking Philly Sports with Matty B. Eagle Pre Game Show Hotline, aka my cell phone. I'm not quite that yet, but uh, I'm getting there every week. And this man is actually helping me. Uh, Kyle Quinn, the 94 WIP show producer and the host and co creator of the Birds IQ podcast that you can see in here on the edge of Philly joins me for week two. Kyle Quinn, we've made it through week two. Week one was somewhat of a, um, yeah, you know, we're going to discuss what week one was. But here we are, nationally televised Monday night football game, staring us in front of in our face. Uh, we're going to start our home schedule against the Minnesota Vikings. Kyle, what's going on? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Feeling a little nervous. Big test coming up Monday night. Big test coming up Monday night, Kyle. But let's talk about the test that was on Sunday, the Detroit Lions. And of course, we do this on every show. We go back and we float, throw a bow around the previous week's game and Kyle you came on this very program and told me that there was no way in hell essentially I mean I'm not quoting you directly but you would be very surprised if the Detroit Lions could lay any kind of offense on the Philadelphia Eagles Kyle they put 35 points up on the board what was your assessment of let's go start with the Detroit Lions before we get into the Eagles what was your assessment of the Lions on Sunday
1: yeah well obviously the Lions offense looked a little bit better than I thought it would they had Uh, They had some decent weapons there. You know, I actually forgot that they had DJ Shark over the offseason. So, DJ Shark and Amon Ross St. Brown is a pretty solid wide receiver group they had back there. And their offensive line, I underestimated they're a pretty good offensive line. And DeAndre Swift is a really good running back, as we were able to see. On Sunday, so yeah, I definitely underestimated the Lions offense coming in. I definitely think the Eagles defense didn't do itself any favors with bad tackling, and I'm sure we'll get to that in just a minute as well, but um, yeah, ultimately the Lions surprised me, but I'm still, you know, the Eagles came out with a win, like I said they would, so
0: there we have it so on this very program last week i picked uh deandre swift as my player of the game and i believe i laid down a line of somewhere north of 25 carries and 140 yards and three touchdowns now he didn't quite get 144 yards but he sure as hell was close and i think he got two touchdowns on the day not three so i I feel pretty i don't feel pretty good that i picked it right but i i i think he's a really good running back in the in an era of football where running backs are not anywhere near what they used to be um as far as your other assessment uh, I want to ask you this about the Lions game. And then we watched this thing unfold on Sunday. We watched the Eagles go up 31-14 in the second half. We watched them go through a very shaky first half. Let's let's face it, it was shaky. That opening drive was just really alarming when the Eagles could not do anything to stop the Lions. They're down seven, nothing before you can get even settled in. Then they come back out in the field, totally, you know, nothing on offense, horrible opening drive of the season. Uh, and then things kind of just went back and forth. the Lions didn't capitalize on some opportunities the lions are the lions and the eagles righted the ship to their credit uh, and then took themselves a 28 14 lead into halftime or was it 24 to 14 or something like that yeah. uh and then the eagles came out took the opening drive in the second half 31 14 then the lions came right back made a 31 21 kyle then to me what happened was the play of the game dan campbell somehow thinks that a a, a onside kick at with nine minutes and thirty seconds left in the third quarter, and your team down with by ten points, is a sane play to call? Does it? The Eagles obviously recover it. To me, Kyle, that was the play of the game. That's what the. That's why we're sitting here right now talking about an Eagles win. Yeah, uh,
1: everyone's golden boy Dan Campbell uh, thought was you know going to have the Lions all motivated, all that. Yeah, sure, he did, but. He also is a bad coach, and he made some boneheaded decisions. Look, in a three-point game, there's going to be a lot of plays that you could point to and say, oh, if this had happened, then we would have lost. And, you know, there's a lot of plays on west side as well. Look, the Lions made plenty of mistakes. The Eagles made plenty of mistakes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, it ultimately shook out to what was a three-point game that we ended up coming out on top of. Yeah, and look, uh, what you described in the second half, I think was, was definitely a result of, admittedly, Uh, I think lack of preparation, the preseason rearing its ugly head. But look, they come out with a win. It was bad tackling. They were not conditioned. Uh, It could have been a little bit worse. Obviously, they could have come out with a loss. Uh, But they do come away unscathed, injury wise. I know Barnett goes down. That's a depth. That's a hit to the depth. But I would ultimately take the trade off of you know winning a game with some shoddy tackling or. You know, as as
0: opposed to say AJ Brown coming away with a messed up hamstring or something. Yeah. Now let's talk some of the some of the ins and outs of that game real quick. And I know we got to transition, and I will, but this is just too juicy of a topic to leave alone. Uh, you mentioned the, uh, the the potential of not good conditioning or the potential you know, of just kind of just being too rusty coming out of spring out uh, of. Keep on calling it the spring out of the summer, Kyle. Uh, let's go right to John Gannon's defensive scheme or his defensive uh, uh, game plan, I guess. Kyle, I, forgive me if I'm wrong, but to me it looked a lot like I was watching the 2021 Philadelphia Eagle defense last, uh, last week.
1: Um, yeah, I, I guess at parts, yeah, when, when you talk about how. Badly, the run defense was getting gashed. I uh, I do think, uh, look, the, the bad part of the defense was was it all came down to the tackling. I mean, they were the they were thirty two out of thirty two uh, in tackling in week one. That was that that's the one thing that you point to that I think was really messed up. I think in the secondary. They were they were they weren't terrible. I mean, they were executing the zone coverages pretty well. Darius Slay like, did get beat on that ball uh, that golfed through to Chark in the end zone. But look, I mean, sometimes when you have a good receiver going up against a good corner, uh, every now and then they're they're going to get theirs. And that was a really really good throw and catch there that they just happened to execute. I think the secondary was fine. It was really the run defense, and and I'm sure we'll, we'll get to this too. Uh, they. They didn't trust Jordan Davis enough to throw him out there for all three downs, and and that obviously hurt them. If you saw the stat, of, you know how the Lions were picking up ten yards per carry when Jordan Davis was off the field, as opposed to about like two point nine when he was on the field. It's huge, huge difference. So a lot of the a lot of the problems with the defense, I think, point to uh, they they come from the ground game, and specifically at the end of the game, where I think the Lions were running the football in more obvious passing situations so they're down in the game and they're running draw plays on us typically you don't see that you see teams throw the football to get get themselves back into the game the lions weren't doing that so i think just a lack of preparedness on that end and uh coupled with the bad tackling and and the bad conditioning i think that's where
0: you saw an ugly defensive performance yeah and you mentioned the stat with jordan davis and that stat was actually broken by shane half uh shane is a a member of the painted lions who's of course partnered up with the uh edge of philly sports boys so Good work, Shane. That thing got viral quick and uh, outstanding work on your behalf of breaking that news. And it, 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 is it that now Jordan Davis is not the Philadelphia Eagle defense. And let's let's get that straight. Uh, he's a pretty important part, I think, going forward of the defense. But what about the others? Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, and, uh, and Reddick. Let's talk about them three real quick. What, if any kind of issues or presence or lack thereof presence, uh, did they have on Sunday and how alarming is that to you?
1: Well, the the Brandon Graham and Cox, it's not alarming at all because I don't know what you really expected from those guys coming in. They're two of the older guys on the defensive line cox You, you can, you can definitely say it was, I don't know why they brought it back at that number. That was, that was definitely a head scratcher there for sure by uh, Mr. Roseman, but Brandon Graham, like he, he gives you what he gives you. I still like the presence that he brings on the defense. The guy that, uh, that you, really want to look at is the son reddick he's the guy that's making the big bucks he's our premier pass rusher so to speak and uh in my rewatch of the game it, it looked like gannon was dropping him back in coverage exactly what i didn't want to see gannon doing with the son reddick and then when he was rushing the passer uh he wasn't getting home so hopefully that's just something that'll uh that the sacks will come with time and you know hopefully this week against the vikings young offensive line uh that can change a little bit but yeah it's not really the one that was uh, coming out of week one
0: uh, worried about and then on the offensive side of things uh jalen hurts to me and i'll give you my quick assessment really it was nothing different than watching what i saw from jalen last season it was the same type of product i I know the offensive line play was not good uh, on sunday it was just i guess a total team effort there but um well every time your quarterback has a stat line of 17 rushes in one game Kyle, that's not going to be good long-term. You can't sustain that. That's, that's impossible to sustain. I don't care what, uh, what universe of football you're talking about, man. I'm, and as far as the progressions, I didn't see much difference. I didn't see much uh, progression in that, in that area for him. It was still a one-hit wonder. And if A.J. Brown was not open, he was running. A- a- and, and I know that there was a few attempts at Devontae Smith, which, again, we'll get that to that Was Where was Devontae Smith in this game, Kyle? Offensively, well, where were the Eagles in this game?
1: Well, I'm going to go ahead and disagree with some of your main points there. I think, Dalt, well, you mentioned the 17 rush attempts by Jalen Hurts. Those weren't 17 design rushes. So two of those, first of all, were deal downs. I, th- I would say about five of them were plays that he had to escape the pocket because they were they were doing zero blitzes on him, and especially toward the end of the game when they were doing that. So, And that's just five, give or take. So maybe, maybe. Uh, 8-10 to design rushes by Jalen Hurts which still, you don't want 10 design rushes for the quarterback through 17-game season every game because that amounts to almost 200 uh, rushes a season for your quarterback. You don't want that. That's going to get him hurt. Um, But they were throwing the ball a ton. This was the rush offense that the Eagles were using to run, to, to win games last season, uh, where where they had to just ground and pound the entire way uh, to win in football games, they tried to drop back at least like if you add them up, it's about like you know fifty or so times if you're 47. counting up penalties and all that all that stuff. So forty-seven out there and and, and okay, just, that's a lot. So yeah, that's a lot. tried to throw the ball to win. That's not the same offense that they were using to win last season. I think the difference the real key difference that you saw with the offense is A.J. Brown. It's as simple as that. I mean, the guy is an absolute beast. Jalen Hurts clearly has confidence in him. He's throwing the ball and he's he's attempting to throw balls into tighter windows than he ever had attempted to last season. I think that simply comes from the confidence that he has in A.J. Brown. And I'm not saying these are world-beating throws, but there are certainly throws that you wouldn't see Hurts attempt on a regular basis last season. I'm hoping to see that that continues. Yeah, look, Devontae Smith did not get uh, his share of touches. He got targeted four times. He did have a catch. It was called back by penalty, another one where he had a drop. But, look, when you're in an offense with uh, a star receiver like A.J. Brown, he's going to have those days where he's got 10 catches for 150 yards. Look, they're going to eventually – defenses are going to start keying in on A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Hopefully, is that's where you're going to see him having those days and you're going to see Goddard having those days. Um, yeah, I, I mean you're going to see this isn't going to be the offense that you see the, the rest of the way throughout the entire season. They're going to find ways to get the Smith the ball. They're going to have to, or else uh, they're, I mean they're, they're not going to win too many games. So uh, I, I do think you saw a little bit of progress from Jalen Hurts. I think you're going to see more of that materialize as the season goes on. Definitely more encouraged than discouraged from what I saw from the
0: offense. So you cited the fact that this wasn't the offense that walked off the field last year, and I, you're right. They were more of a run balanced type, maybe even more run heavy, but. This was the offense that started the 2021 season and it lasted for seven games before the, the Vegas nightmare. So, yes, Kyle, it is kind of the same. And, and you know, with all the weapons that we were allegedly given uh, in the offseason from Howie Roseman, uh, I think a lot of people's expectation of this team in week one kind of, like, did not get met. And then, and I got it. It's week one, and, and there needs to be expectation management for week one. But overall, you would have to say, Things did not get off to a very ceremonious start for
1: the Eagles. Well, for the offense, they, they absolutely did. They were moving the ball pretty much at will on the offense. The defense, I mean, yeah, it was definitely some shoddy tackling and stuff like that. But I have way, way more positive takeaways
0: from this week on game than I do negative. Uh, okay. And, I, you know, Kyle, maybe I'm 50-50. Maybe I'm more 50-50 than negative. I, I, I'll give myself that. All right, Kyle, let's turn the page. And now it's moving on to week two. Monday night at the link, the Eagles and the Vikings will get busy. Uh, The Eagles will be taking on a team that's coming off of a win of their own in week one, a beatdown of the uh, Green Bay Packers to start off the Vikings season. Uh, You know, on paper, Kyle Quinn, what is your assessment of the Minnesota? There's a lot of talk coming out of of camp and a lot of talk coming out of the summer that the Vikings, this was their year, they're going to take that step. They're going to be the new kings of the north. Uh, are you are you seeing that after week one? Are you? Um, are you buying that after week one from the Vikings? Well,
1: if you're just asking me based on what I saw week one, haven't you not? They blew out the Packers uh, pretty, it was 23-7 to I think it was, yeah. but it really wasn't ever close at any point in the game. And, and Justin Jefferson looks pretty much like everybody expected it to look in the new offense with Kevin O'Connell. He's basically given him the, the Cooper Cup treatment. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, that, that offense is absolutely lethal. And, you know, besides Justin Jefferson, they still have David have Cook, Adam Thielen, and a quarterback who can distribute the ball and get the ball to all those guys. So, um, they do have a pretty young offensive line, as I mentioned. So, um, hopefully they will rely a little bit more on Jordan Davis and on that interior. And um, I, I think on our side of the ball, I think Man, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle A.J. Brown. If they have Harrison Smith go down and, and double cover A.J. Brown, that's going to leave open um, uh, in the box for us to exploit our, and with our, you know, hopefully our good offensive line this season. So um, I, I'm not sure the Vikings are going to want to play it on the defense, but it's going to be very, very interesting to see how we handle Justin Jefferson. I don't think we're going to really be able to stop him. We're uh, only going to be able to hope to somewhat contain him, and hopefully it's just enough for us to get a win. I'm, I'm not feeling
0: overly confident in that. Now, of course, the uh, the other <laughs> story about the Vikings is uh, the return of Jalen Rager. Is he'll begin the um, the reunion tour officially for the Eagles this year? Of course, it's a feature of Doug Peterson, Carson Wentz, Nick Foles. A whole a whole gamut of them are coming through, or we're going there. But it starts this week with Jalen Rager returning to the link. Now, I watched the game last week against the Packers. I don't think Jalen Rager got on the field at all as a wide receiver. I think he the only he was relegated to punt returning. Uh, he had one punt return, and he shouldn't even have taken that one, but he got seven yards out of it. Uh, are, are you expecting a revenge game for Jalen Reger or will he be kind of, uh, you know, just kind of shoo-shooed aside by the Eagles? Revenge for what? For drafting him in the first round? <laughs> That's what I'm
1: wondering. I don't understand what he wants revenge for. I, 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 first of all, why did he not want revenge on the Vikings for the first few years that he was in the league for laughing at him when I mean, we point. drafted him? In the first place, so I, look, he's he's a total clown. He's gonna fair catch us to death Just, if that's uh, if that's what he's planning on doing. I'm not really concerned
0: about Taylor Ray. Hopefully, he muffs a punt. That yes. place explode. that would yeah, they would. Oh man, that would be great. That would be awesome, uh, Kyle. So at the LinkedIn, uh, so the Eagles have not officially announced their their color scheme, but the Vikings are going all white. Now, I was wrong about the eagles uniforms last week i said all white and mm-hmm. and, and they were white and green so i feel somewhat that's a bad start yeah by, uh, i don't like that i'm i was to listen i i i, I have a referral source that i grabbed my uniforms from and they let me down but they're not gonna let me down on this joe buck and troy aikman uh the new monday night team kyle i i never got your opinion on this and, and i don't know if you have one but if you do i'd like to hear it uh what do you think about joe buck and troy aikman on monday night football that yeah,
1: made Monday Night Football feel like I was a kid again. Honestly, yeah. it, it's so much better than freaking that awful cast of Steve yeah. Levy, yeah. Lou Riddick, and that nerd uh, Brian Greasy. So yeah, I, I, Joe Buck and Troy Eggman feel like football and they really feel like Monday Night Football too. And and I think now Monday Night Football is finally going to start getting those marquee matchups uh, that you used to see. You know, back in the day, and Monday Night
0: Football definitely fell off to the wayside a little bit but I think it's coming back now. You can definitely feel the vibe uh, really now kyle my ignorance and maybe you can help me out with this because i couldn't uh I, well actually i didn't really spend the time to research it but it just popped back into my head with buck and Eggman now gone from fox who is the fox number one team like wh- who is their crew now Ooh. that number one it, it's not romo in uh L- names no, right no, they're no, still like is, they're cbs yeah, they're yeah CBS. i think it's
1: Burkhart and maybe
0: Greg Olson, I can't Jeez. be sure though. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, well, I guess we'll probably, we'll, well, I'll figure it out as we go through the season. Uh, the weather at the link on Monday night should be a pretty um, typical late September evening for football. Should be pretty nice, and uh, I intend, I expect it to be rocking and rolling down there in South Philly as the Eagles will play their first home game in a quite a while. Uh, so let's move on to the uh, injury report. Uh, this was something that kind of affected the Eagles a little bit this, year, uh, this week. Um, Landon Dickerson has been, uh, is still questionable. And Der- the big news, of course, Derek Barnett. Big news, I guess, uh, depending on where you come on this coin. I don't really think it's big for me. But Derek Barnett gone for the season with a torn Achilles. Are, are you concerned that Derek Barnett hurts the defensive outlook of this team? Or is it just another less body that we can rotate in there? Yeah, well,
1: it it doesn't in that sense, right? You always kind of want to have depth pieces on the defensive end that you can rotate in and give guys rest and you know put them in in their desired situations. And yeah, uh, they obviously had a plan for the defensive rotations with Derek Barnett included in that, and now that kind of throws a wrench in it. So from that standpoint, yeah,
0: definitely. And then for the on the Viking side of things, um, a couple things: Uh, Blake Pearl has been listed as out. He's a backup. Uh, Andrew Booth, though, he is listed as out or questionable in this game and ryan conley out um as a linebacker uh they're a little banged up but injuries really not much of this game uh on on week two which could be expected uh is there anything injury you want to bring up is there anything that kind of is on your mind about the injury report kyle
1: no i just uh, i'm very glad that the eagles were able to get through week one at the very least without really anything major and uh you know
0: i'm really open it continues that way yeah and that's that's always a positive because that's not necessarily how it's always been around here and, no, and, and no. I've not forgotten those days and I know you haven't either I mean in typical years by week two we already have half the team down so it yeah. is definitely a, a good a good trend in the other way all right Kyle what do you think is going to transpire on the field at Lincoln Financial Field on Monday Night Football this week okay. Look, I think
1: it's going to be a really close game. I think there's going to be a lot of positives to take away from this game when you look at the Eagles' side of things. But I do think it's just going to be too tough for us to get to I, I really think he's in for a career year. I think he's going to be the best receiver in the entire league this year. And um, I just, it's just going to be a tough spot for us to, to, to do that. I think it'll be maybe a mid, mid-range to high-scoring game. I, I think the Vikings will ultimately end up coming out on top
0: of this. Now, do you do you foresee potentially a kind of a larger gap in the score, and then some garbage time where the Eagles kind of claw their way back in a little bit, or will this game kind of go back and back, just high scoring throughout the whole game?
1: Well, I so I actually was just talking to our uh, Luke Brown on the live Vikings podcast on my show yesterday. Check that out on Edge of Philly Sports. So uh, that was that's Thursday. I'm not not sure when this one's going to drop, but so Luke was saying that. Um, uh, sorry, I completely lost my train of thought. Now, what was what were you asking me about?
0: So essentially, with this game being kind of on the slightly high-scoring lane, do you think it's yeah, going to be back okay. and forth, or just a blowout where the Eagles come back in garbage
1: time a little bit? Right. Okay. So Luke was saying that uh, if either of the teams go up um, early in this game by multiple scores. It's probably going to stay that way, and I sort of agree with them because both these teams can really impose their will on the ground run of the football and physically, right? So uh, the Vikings with Dalvin Cook and the Eagles with uh, the superior offensive line that we have and Miles Sanders and those guys. I'm not so sure it's going to be one of those deals where we crawl back into the game. Um, if the score ends up being as close as I think it will, it's probably going to end up being the Eagles failing to uh, convert on a final drive, which I'm sure we'll have uh, a lot of people talking about Jalen Hurts, or if, if the Vikings going down to score to win the game, then I'll have a lot of people talk about Josh Gatt. So a lot of interesting things to talk about next
0: week. Well, if things do work out in the Eagles' way, what is Kyle Quinn's three keys to Bird's victory?
1: Yeah, we're going to have to bracket coverage Justin Jefferson, and I know the Eagles have been running a lot of zone um, that first week, and they're probably going to want to continue to do it this time. But it's, uh, it's sort of a pick-your-poison type thing because when you do that, um, you're opening up the rest of the field for Adam Thielen or possibly even Davin Cook. But look, I mean, if there's one guy that you just absolutely cannot allow to beat you, it's going to be Justin Jefferson. So they're going to have to double cover Justin Jefferson. The other one, Jonathan Gavin is going to have to trust Jordan Davis. So, uh, again, I was talking to Luke Brown and he was telling me that this new Viking center that they have is basically think about Jason Kelsey if he were bad. So he's a really undersized center uh, and he's not good. So this is the perfect spot for them to throw Jordan Davis in there and uh, have him feast on this young guy and uh, hopefully, you know, clog up the middle, and stop that run game from getting gashed like they were last last week against the Lions. And the other thing, I'm sticking with the defense here. They got to tackle. They can't can't be last in the league in tackling like they were last week. Um, it, they're not going to be able to bring down Davin Cook and they're just going to have bad times. So they need need to be able to tackle. Uh, and you want to see some improvement there just in general for the rest of the season so those are the three keys all on the defensive side of the
0: ball man. okay and that center by the way is a young man by the name of garrett bradbury uh remember that name folks it's going to camp all right um Jason Kelsey, but bad. <laughs> <laughs> my three keys of victory or of course more holistic uh, than yours um number one or number three Uh, The offensive line, uh, the stalwart of this team over the last three or four seasons, uh, did not play well. I I don't know if they were not unprepared for the blitz heaviness of the Detroit Lions, but they seem to have not have been, and they obviously did not make the in-game adjustments as well. Uh, Something, I don't know, uh, we need to see a lot more from that group. Uh, We need to see them play the way they can play, because when they do play the way they can play, there is literally nobody in the league better than that. Uh, my number two key to victory, you know, diversity on the offensive side of the ball. I I, I, I want to see Quez Watkins get about three to four a game. I want to see Devontae Smith get about eight. And, I, you know, obviously, um, you, you know, you got A.J. Brown, who is a beast. So I agree with you there. Uh, but where was Dallas Goddard in week one? The the middle of the field uh, was completely um, untapped. I mean, there was a couple plays down there. But. Uh, typically, it was Jalen Hurts running into the middle of the field. I, I I need to see Jalen Hurts be diverse with his, with his spreading of the ball, and I need him to spread the damn ball instead of run it, Kyle. I know you mentioned the design runs. I'm not necessarily talking about the design runs. He did break the pocket when it was clean a few more times than than uh, than that, and um I don't I don't want to see that. I can't. He's not going to make it through the season. It, it it's rt three all over again in my opinion. And my and number one victory, uh, the coaching staff. Uh, they got to figure it out. They got to find themselves and, and, and they got to start using these great pieces that were allegedly given to them. So that is my key to victory, uh, keys to the Eagles victory this week.
1: Okay, uh, just real quick on the second point. I did see a passing chart from week one versus Atlanta last mm-hmm. year and a passing chart from week one uh, this year versus the Lions and utilize the field. Way, way more than they did against Atlanta. Way more. Uh, so that, that's something that you definitely saw on the offensive side of the ball. And yeah, sure. I mean, Hurts probably broke the pocket a couple more times than he might have had to. But I, I think at a certain point, if Hurts can improve enough on the passing, you might just have to deal with that as a trade off you, with your quarterback. So um, that's pretty much all
0: I got on that. I don't know if that's going to be the recipe to win a Super Bowl, but we'll see. Uh, Kyle Quinn, it's time to give me your prediction score for Monday night.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I, I think this is going to be close. Um, it's going to be tough. I, I think this is going to be more like a loss to the chiefs in week two of 2017 than it is the loss to the 49ers okay. yeah. week two of uh, 2021. But I do think it's going to be a loss. I'll go 27 to 23. Vikings. Wow. <laughs>
0: That's right. You originally picked that. I'm, I'm glad to see you sticking with your guns there, Kyle. Um, of course, where well, you're one and know, and I'm all and one, you did pick the Eagles last week and I did not. I picked the lions and, uh, you know, almost came out, but I, I too agree with you. I, I don't. I don't think this is a win at all. I never did, even when I was looking at it the first time back in May when it came out. I thought it was a loss all the way, and I'm going to stick with my guns too. I think the Eagles lose, but I also think they lose something in the li- in the line of 41 to 24. I think this is a blowout from from the beginning of the game on, and uh, I think things are going to get from bad to worse. Uh, and before we get into the question of the week, Kyle, or I'm sorry, before we get into the MVP of the of of, of this game for you and me. Uh, real quick, i got to get your uh, uh, take on this. I, I've been an Eagle fan a long time, and you have been an Eagle fan of a long time as well. Do you remember ever in the history of your fandom th- a city reacting to a win the way this t- city reacted to the Eagles' win uh, on Sunday against Detroit?
1: Uh, I mean, all the time. Come on, Ed. This is Philadelphia, dude. I can probably name at least a game from every year in years past. I remember the Ben DiNucci game
0: where we beat the Cowboys. Yeah, 23-21. Uh, just. <laughs> yeah, just everybody looked absolutely horrendous. I think that might be probably the worst win I can
1: remember in Eagles history. Yeah, but this is just typical week one nonsense. Everyone loves to pitch. The Eagles look good. The Eagles put up, I think, the second most points of any team in the National Football League in week one. So uh, they, they had a good game, the Eagles did. Just everyone relax.
0: Okay. And Kyle Quinn, who will be your MVP of the game again? It can be a player, a coach, the head shooter, or anybody you want.
1: Jalen Rager. Now it's going to be Justin Jefferson. I, I, just, uh, I, I just don't see any way the Eagles are going to be able to stop him. I don't see any way that anyone's going to be able to stop him this year. So the Vikings are going to win. That's their ticket to doing it. So Jalen uh, – Justin, sorry, Justin Jefferson.
0: <laughs> now, I'm going to go with Jared Cousins. I think he throws for about 350 and about four touchdowns. I think it's just, just – it's on like Donkey Kong. I really do. I don't have any faith in confidence at all in this defense right now, Kyle. Uh, and then this look, is – can I just say one thing real quick about Cousins? If he gets,
1: if if he ends up with that stat line and it's like, and it's a really close game, you know, there, there's a possibility. I can live with that. But if he's sitting at that stat line with about 80% completion
0: percentage, then I'm going to be one heads the roll. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball what do you what do you mean by heads players coaches or both what are you looking for kyle <laughs> well yeah, there's
1: only really one head that can roll when it comes <laughs> to allowing the quarterback to complete 80 percent of his passes when you have darius slay james bradbury avante maddox cj garner johnson etc so uh yeah i think you know who I'm getting at. yeah I, I agree um and then this is
0: of course the time in the show where we kind of look around the league to the team that is involved in, in the draft lottery of this season last year it was miami and Last year was Indy. Now we're going to talk some Saints. The Saints pulled, snatched victory out of the jaws of defeat last week against the surprisingly confidently led uh, Marcus Mariota led Atlanta Falcons as they they took down the Falcons at the end of the game in a weird game that saw Jameis Winston leave the game and come back in and uh, just a weird game. Uh, was it fool's gold there, Kyle Quinn? Was it the the Saints beating the the Falcons or is there some some fire to this Saint smoke? What do you think?
1: Well, like, yeah, I mean, look, that was a tough division game. I think the Falcons played the Saints about as well as they possibly could have. Uh, Cordero Paris Patterson looked pretty good again, surprisingly, for the, uh, the second year in a row. But, yeah, the Saints, <clears throat> sorry, had, ended up having enough to pull it off, and that's kind of how I expected Uh